This is Bloomberg Business Week from Bloomberg Radio. I'm Carol Masser. And I'm Tim Stenevec. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business Week Extra. It's our weekly podcast bringing you a highlight or favorite interview from the week. And this week, it's with J.M. Smucker, company president and CEO Mark Smucker. And Carol, you had the chance to catch up with him, a fifth generation member of the family running the company. Yeah, it's a company that's been around for more than a century. It's seen wars, depression, pandemics, oil shocks, 9-11, financial crisis, seen women get the right to vote, seen segregation, and then the end of segregation. Yeah, I mean, listen, I love talking to companies like this, Tim, because it's just they've seen so much. They've gone through crisis. They've had to adapt to changing consumers and changing marketplaces. Uh, This isn't Smucker's first pandemic. (laughs) No, it isn't. Exactly. And that's why I wanted to talk to him. I wanted to get his perspective, especially with this current environment that feels so stressful, feels so divided, and feels so uncertain. So that's kind of where we began our conversation. Check it out. We can't diminish the significance of this humanitarian crisis that we all find ourselves in. But I think we do have to try to look forward to the future and think about how are we as a company helping society? How are we making society a better place? We obviously make food. We make things that are, uh, you know, make the consumer happy. But we also have a responsibility to the communities in which we work as well. So all of the ways that we can support them through volunteerism, obviously, um, education, uh, feeding America, all of those things. It is a it is a dual role that we have in society today. Is it safe to say a stressful one? Because I'm curious about what your employees might be asking of you today, and what you're asking of your leadership to kind of get everyone through this environment. Well, the first thing that we're asking our leadership is to number one focus, but also in focusing, we have to take care of our employees. And that starts with uh, mental health. We have made a significant push with our employees to make sure that they know what resources are available to them. It is a trying time, but fundamentally, we have to start with keeping our own house in order, protecting our employees, which will in turn allow us to do better in business. Well, it's interesting too, you know, you say to do better in business. Business right now, I was talking to Richard Edelman of the PR firm Edelman, and they do a trust barometer. And they say that right now, business was more trusted than government in 18 of 27 countries. And the expectations are for CEOs to focus on societal engagement with the same rigor, thoughtfulness, and energy used to deliver on profits. And I'm curious, do you, are you seeing that? Do you see that now as kind of extra responsibilities in your role? As a company, Carol, we always have taken a view, again, that that we do have a responsibility to society. I think what has shifted in the last five to 10 years is you do see business leaders being more vocal and taking stances, not necessarily political stances, but fundamentally it's about doing what's right. And so what, even if we choose not to make a statement publicly, even internally with 7,000 employees, there is an expectation that we stand up for what is right, whether that's condemning violence in any form or what have you. But we, we do see a desire from employees and the society at large to, to be a bit more vocal on those issues. Well, it's interesting, too, this whole focus, Mark, you know this, of multiple stakeholders, right? It's something that's come out, come out of the business roundtable. Your history and 
help me if I've gotten the, the uh, genealogy right. I think your grandfather and former CEO of the company, Paul Smucker, wrote a letter back in the 1980s. And then I think it's your great-great-grandfather, J.M. Smucker, you know, laid out these core values, these basic beliefs, you know, about ethics and quality and people. And it's just pretty fascinating that it feels like the company in many ways was ahead of its time considering the environment we're now in. And now all of a sudden everyone's talking about this. You know, it's really interesting. You said it very well. We have been focused on this for decades, for our entire existence. Even when the before the business roundtable came out, we talk about our constituencies, right? And the employees, consumers, customers, suppliers, all of them leading to shareholders. And so philosophically, what we have always said is that if we take care of all of the other constituents, then automatically the shareholder will be taken care of. And that is essentially precisely what the business roundtable said. There's no question that social media and technology has allowed consumers access to a variety of different brands and products that they may not have had access to in the past. And so in this time, when consumers do want to simplify, we have seen millions of consumers come back to the Folgers franchise. And we have actually seen Folgers start growing again, which has been fantastic. We're helping that along with, again, the advertising and so forth. But specifically to innovation, it's making sure that we continue to stay relevant we are on a multi-year journey with Folgers, which starts with the consumer communication. Um, consumers want bolder, darker roasts. So we are providing those in a new product line called Folgers Noir. It's constantly paying attention and speaking to our consumers and understanding what they want so that we can deliver that to them. And I'm very what? pleased with the progress we've made. So more to come. You mentioned advertising a couple of times. I'm curious about social. How important is that in kind of reaching a different audience, maybe a younger audience? Um, and I'm also curious about influencers or celebrities. Like, how do you guys think about that? You know, take a you know a Coke or a Pepsi, right? They've often aligned with a celebrity. Take you know sports you know gear. Um, so I'm just curious how that plays into it. Sure. So Folgers, uh, in particular, as it relates to um, influencers and, and social, across our portfolio, we have leveraged those capabilities. Keeping these consumers in the franchise is largely about targeting. It's knowing which consumers are new and trying to push, push messaging to them through the social channels. Um, in terms of celebrities, as you know, we are engaged with Rachel Ray on Nutrish, which is our, our one of our mm -hmm. leading dog food brands. Um, that has been a very successful partnership uh, with for us. We also do think about uh, whether it's influencers or celebrities. Obviously, maybe our pockets aren't as deep as some of our larger competitors, but we will continue to look at those opportunities as well. So more to so, come. You know so more to come. Stay tuned. All right. You'll fill us in later. Um, you know, and I especially think about your industry, right, is is one where winning is a game of inches, right? It's small increments. So I'm curious, you know, how do you define and explain innovation to your team where winning is in these small increments? It's 
multiple things. And you were right, it is a game of inches. And so it starts with focusing on the capabilities, the just the few sets of capabilities that we need to win. So it's very simple things like at the store level, whether that's the digital shelf or the or the real you know shelf, we have to make sure that our products are on the shelf and in stock. It's something that simple. As it relates to consumers, it's how we communicate them, things that we've already touched on in terms of making sure that we find those, those new consumers and re-engage with them. So it's really customer, consumer, building those capabilities that are focused on those two constituencies. Hey, how has digital impacted your world? I've got to ask you because that's one theme that we've talked about, Mark, so much over the last year is the digitization or further digitization and companies that had strategies that they were maybe going to implement over the next couple of years, all of a sudden they did it overnight. How is that impacting your world? Is that part of it as well? Well, fortunately, we were set up from an e-commerce perspective. We have several key e-commerce customers. We were set up well coming into this. And so We've experienced tremendous growth as consumers continue to do more shopping online. Um, the digitization that, like this, this conversation that we're having is, is clearly something that's new to, to many of us. And then again, it, it is, it's, it's a combination of reach, which is mass media, but also targeted marketing, as we've discussed, like social media as well. One thing that stuck out with me, and it's something I'm kind of applying to my life, but you said is how to take work out of the system. Um, and it's interesting that you talked about this. So how do you take work out of the system at Smuckers? Because, right, I think you had said to me, you know, in the past, you might have had a big meeting and everybody got to weigh in and, you know, um, being, ultra, you know, making sure everybody, you know, collaboration was number one. And you've taken some of that out. Right. We there's a few things, some of which we've talked about, like the divestitures, making very conscious decisions about what's in or out of our portfolio. Um, but even in terms of how we work, we have migrated to smaller meetings. We're trying to make decisions quicker. Um, and then, you know, once the decision is made, you walk out of the quote virtual meeting and you go and you execute. So a focus on potentially smaller groups, clean, clear decisions, and then action has been really key to our success during this time. How do you think, you know, your culture and your strategies have changed the most over the last year because of what we've all been dealing with, what you've been dealing with as head of a company? You know, I would just start by saying, the keeping the core and protecting the core, as we talked about, it starts with me as a leader. Um, I think the best leaders are those who are both authentic and and vulnerable. And so bringing our whole, whole selves to work. I truly believe that and that as myself, the leaders on my team, holding them accountable to behave in that same way sets the foundation. In terms of what's changed, it's everything that we've already talked about in, in, in terms of being more agile, focusing and making those focused areas really stick and not deviating, not adding work back to the system once we come out of this pandemic and can take, take a deeper breath. 
How do you make sure that that happens? Because you know how it's so easy, like everybody comes back and it's like, oh, let's have a meeting. Let's invite everybody. <laughs> like, how do you as a leader make sure like, wait a minute, we've made some progress here? Well, I think, again, it starts at the top. I have to model that behavior. My team has to model that behavior. Um, and we will do that. We've, it's interesting how many conversations that we've had just with my own executive team on ensuring that we continue this behavior coming out of the pandemic. So I'd be remiss, we are Bloomberg. Um, tell me coming out of the pandemic, is it this year? What kind of visibility do you feel like you have about what the outlook looks like and for your business? We feel really good. I, I think the changes that we have been able to make under the cover of the pandemic have really set us up for success. Um, we've talked about many of those things, whether it's agility, innovation, um, but focusing on maintaining our culture. I really do believe that we, the fundamentals are there and we will continue to grow our business off of this new base. All right, and I gotta ask you, the one thing though that puts you a little bit on edge makes you a little anxious going forward. What makes me anxious? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think one thing that always keeps us up at night is our competition. We have fantastic competitors in this industry and we are keen to observe them and learn from them as well. So um, responding to some of our competitive uh, threats is something that, that we take very seriously. I think beyond that, we would like to all see a world where um, there is mutual respect across the board for every human being. And I look forward to a, a better world coming out of this pandemic. That was James Smucker, company president and CEO, Mark Smucker. And I caught up with him, Tim, at a Bloomberg Breakaway event. It was really talking about innovation and culture. And so I love these companies that have been around this one for almost 125 years. Like what's innovation and culture to a company that kind of lives in small increments, right, in terms of how they change their products? Yeah, I mean, a company that's been around for 125 years, though, they've had to innovate. I mean, just think about totally. not just ingredients, but packaging, changing consumer taste. The list just goes on and on. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business Week Extra. Be sure to listen to our Bloomberg Business Week daily radio show airing live Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. Watch us too on our daily broadcast on YouTube. Just search Bloomberg Global News and catch Tim on Bloomberg Quick Take Monday through Friday. Available at Bloomberg.com slash QT and streaming platforms like Roku, Apple TV, Samsung TV and more. I'm Carol Nasser. And I'm Tim Stenovec. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.